You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Hour two of Miller and Moulton on this Thursday. We got over the hump yesterday. Pat Kerwin will join us on the show tomorrow. And the gentleman who, well, he's being told we have a money problem. We need you to raise the money so that we can start winning football games again. And we're talking about the Florida Gators. And the gentleman who's been tapped on the shoulder to raise that money, he will join us on the show tomorrow to talk about the problem as he sees it and how he's going to fix it. So there you go. We'll get into a, a pretty serious thing tomorrow. Little NIL talk? Well, and let's face it, is it really NIL anymore? Or is it just flat pay for play? I well, mean, I mean, we lied and said student athlete for years, so why don't we just continue the pattern and start, you know, NIL, David? See, and that's why, thank you. I'm glad you went there. See, that's why I want to go straight over NIL right now because we lied for generations and said student athlete. Okay, so let's just not sugarcoat it anymore. Well, isn't it NI? No, it's pay for play. It's free agency. And basically, who are we talking to tomorrow? The Gators have a certain salary cap. They want to have a bigger salary cap. So they tap this guy to raise the money so that they can have a, a bigger salary cap. You know, right now they're a team looking into the 2024 season doesn't have a lot of cap room. Well, they want more cap room. In college, though, you don't cut a couple guys to get cap room. You know what you do? You tap a couple guys out of the business community and you go, hey, raise the cap. Uh, can't we cut somebody? Uh, no, man, you got to go raise the money. <laughs> so that's that's who we're going to talk to tomorrow. He listens to the show. He likes the show. Good. I, I know. He booked himself. I need an NIL deal. <laughs> You're not going to hit him up on the air tomorrow, are you? Depends how the interview's going. <laughs> All right. I, I have, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have an idea for a poll question. Okay. And it's based on something that if I would have said this eight years ago, you would have fallen down, passed out, and I would have done the show myself for the rest of the day. Today, you may understand a little bit more. Because the idea for my poll question centers around a basketball player. But huh. she plays women's college basketball. Caitlin Clark's going to break the record tonight. On? Peacock. Peacock. But I am just curious of how many people have watched her this year. How many have you, you know, I tune her in every time she's on. I tune her in. I've tuned her in. I don't watch any women's college basketball because she moves the needle. She is the best college basketball player in the country this year. Period. Men or women. Well, she certainly is moving the needle more than anyone. And she's also packing the arenas. I mean, teams that are averaging 3,000 a game are drawing 14,000. It's unprecedented what, what she has done to the women's game. I mean, literally, the secondary market when Caitlin Clark is playing, tickets are going for between three and $400 just to be able to get in the arena. It is remarkable. It's awesome. 
She has a year left if she wants it. She hasn't taken her COVID year. She could come back and play another year of college ball. Don't know if she will, but then again, she's making more at Iowa this year. And this, I'm we're not being flippant when we say this. She's making more at Iowa this year than I mean. Do you think all the endorsements at Iowa follow her to the WNBA? Because I don't. I think in year one they do. I wouldn't I if I'm State Farm, I'm not abandoning her because she's going to the WNBA. Now, some I'm of the local about, Iowa stuff could go away. Well, that's what I'm thinking, though. And like, because my understanding is the salary she can make in the WNBA is around 150000 I think top players make in the low 200000s. That's like max salary. In fact, I don't even know if a rookie can make six figures, but I believe that she could. I've got to think, Mark, that she's making from the Iowa, you know, farmers and dairy and what have you, that she's making more than that. And if you're now, granted, if you're them, I, I mean, I'd never let her off the field. Yeah, I, I, I don't think she loses any of the Iowa endorsement okay. money. I really don't, David. She is a superstar. I mean, well, certainly in Iowa, she is. She, she is. She is the biggest star in Iowa. I mean, nationally, she's a star. But I have a lot of friends that live in and around Iowa. She played golf with her boyfriend this summer, and people are, oh my God, Caitlin Clark's out here. I, I mean, it's stop what you're doing because Caitlin Clark got an ice cream. She's a superstar. Well, listen, I mean, the last time I can remember an Iowa athlete, I mean, Chuck Long nearly won the Heisman. Bo beat him out by a very small margin. I mean, it's the last time I can remember an Iowa athlete having this big of a national profile. And hers dwarfs Long's. So, and Iowa was top 10 in the country that year. In fact, I think Iowa went to the Rose Bowl that year. All right. So you want to ask basically, or have you been watching Caitlin Clark? Yeah, that's I'm throwing it out there. You know, I'm. It's not. Uh, okay. It's a nominee. I mean, that's fair. I mean, what I was going to nominate was we got Daytona coming up. We could, in theory, do this tomorrow, and that basically, you know, kind of a bucket list type question. If we could give you tickets to Indy 500, Derby, Daytona, which would you take? Indy 500, Daytona, or the Derby? Yeah. Daytona 500, Indy 500, Kentucky Derby. They're the three biggest races in our country. I like that question a lot better. Okay. A lot better. All right. Now, I am curious, like Trent, did you have it, you know, on your docket for tonight that, you know, hey, I'm going to watch Caitlin Clark on Peacock? That's the other thing. How many of you, by the way, this is this is hysterical. Do you know what yesterday was, Mark? I believe yesterday was the end for all of you that paid for Peacock to watch the Chiefs-Dolphins game, and you got it for 30 days. I believe yesterday was day 30. So now, if you didn't cancel... It's automatically renewed, and you're paying for a second month, and there's no sense canceling now, or how many of you canceled, and you're like, wait a minute, Caitlin Clark's going to set the record tonight? Where? Peacock? Damn. That's six bucks. What the hell? So there you go. So uh, poll question. So, uh, you know, 
a big race. We got free tickets, but you can only go to one. Daytona, Indy, the Derby. I'll be stunned if the Derby doesn't get the overwhelming majority of these. Maybe even a little angry. Well, it is the highest rated of the three. That is for sure. Even though it's two minutes. And the broadcast is three to four hours. Yes. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to any of them. Neither have I. I would rank them very, to me, the Derby would be number one by leaps and bounds for me. And then it would be really close on the other two. I would probably lean Indy before Daytona because my family, my dad, my Uncle Bill, my grandfather were all big Indy fans and went many times, and it would be nice to continue that. But it would be close between the Daytona 500 and the Indy 500. Can you believe that at the peak of the Indy 500 that we watched that race on tape delay? I mean, think about it. When was IndyCar racing huge? 70s into the 80s. That was the peak of IndyCar. You know, all the Unsers and AJ and Mario and, you know, you know Gordon Johncock and Sneva and, you know, Mears. It was the 70s and the 80s. I'm glad you when, got to Mears. I was waiting for Rick Mears. I was, I, I'm glad you I got know. that one in. Well, one of four times, I think he's worthy of mentioning. And that race, obviously, as we know, they, they race during the day. You know, they, they start late morning, right around high noon. And, you know, it's over by three. And, of course, we'd watch it 8 o'clock at night on ABC. And we were fine with it. And maybe you knew who won, but most of us didn't take the time to find out. And we're watching the Indy 500 on tape delay, just like we watched the Miracle on Ice on tape delay. And most of us had no idea how this thing was going to play out. And we were fine with it. Fine with it. Even take away from the enjoyment at all. And the Miracle on Ice is still the great one because McKay's doing the live shot and people are going bat blank crazy. And yet for some reason, nobody picked up on all the clues. And if you were paying attention, one of the controversies before, you know, went from preliminary round to the medal round was that the game was scheduled for five o'clock and the Olympics went to the Soviets and said, hey, we, we want to switch start times. And the Soviets said, uh, no, we're playing when the game's scheduled to be played. Yeah, but, you know, we got this network TV thing and they'd really want it in prime time. Uh, the schedule says 5 o'clock. That's when we're going to show up. And they got away with it. That's the other part. Network television said, hey, we'd like this game in prime time. And one of the teams says, no, no, we'll keep it here. Oh, okay. It's well, just the Olympics. That, they went to the Olympics. The IOC goes to them and says, hey, we're going to move this to 8. And the Soviets are like, well, I don't know what to tell you. We're going to show up at 5. And I think they said it just like that, by the way. So... I, I love that. I mean, the the peak of the Indy 500. We watched it on tape delay, and we were fine with it. Absolutely fine. I never once found out the result. For like, you know, the 10, 12 years, I remember sitting down, making an appointment television. I never went out of my way to find out who won. I wanted to watch the race not knowing what happened. Same with the NBA Finals. 
when Bird and the Celtics beat the Rockets in 81. It was on tape delay. It was being shown at midnight. I didn't want to know who won. It's 2 in the morning. I remember watching the Eastern Conference Finals. Celtics with a dramatic comeback to beat the Sixers in Philly in Game 6. It's 1.30 in the morning. I could have found this out three hours ago. No, man. i got to watch this. What a loser I was. Man. Whatever that TV told you to do, you did, David. Yes. That's why you haven't cut the cord yet. Probably You're right. controlled by the machine. You're a purist. Is that what I am, Trent? Yes, you're a purist. Which is funny, because the word in my head is idiot. Purist is much nicer. It really is. That spin right there, Trent. I appreciate the spin. Once again, Mr. Glass half full over there. Absolutely. We'll get a poll question up and have more on Miller and Moulton. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 21 minutes past the hour. Trent Bally in the play of the day. Curious. We didn't talk about this. Think he goes Detroit Mercy? Snapping the uh, 0 for 26 uh, Schneid? Well, the Pistons lost, so there's no chance that's the highlight. Well, he's not even allowed to talk about them until next week. Okay, I mean, he can't even talk about the guy uh, getting in the fight before the game and getting arrested. I mean, we, this this was a tough bet for him to lose. I mean, this this is killing him. To not, he can't even mention it. I like I, it. I know. I, it's just, I will say he's a man of his word, okay, because this is painful for him, but he's holding up his end of the deal. You know, and we may have to give him a raise from 7 bucks a show to 8 bucks a show. Ah, uh, let's put it in the middle, seven fifty. All right, sounds good. I'll gladly take anything. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Twenty-one thousand is the text line two one triple zero. Our poll question today is: If you could attend one race, which race would you most want to attend? The Daytona five hundred, the Indianapolis five hundred, or the Kentucky Derby? Go to that Mark Miller, the David Moulton, or FL Sports Network on X. FloridaSportsNetwork.com to vote on today's poll question. Someone did text in and says, I've been to Daytona 20 plus times. I've taken people who are not race fans. They left fans. You don't watch it. You feel it. Yes. Yes, I did that with my brother-in-law. I took him to a race in Atlanta. He was just getting into racing. He became a Jeff Gordon fan in the early 2000s. That was the guy that whose bandwagon you jumped on, and he had never been to a race. And, and I took him for the weekend. And I was, you know, I got him pit access and all that. And we walked around so he could really feel it. I have to admit, Mark, I set him up. And I don't I don't mean with the young lady or anything. I mean, you know, he's married to my sister-in-law and all that. But I've told the story about when I first started covering NASCAR and I was in the pits and Bill Elliott waited, okay, because I was right by his car conducting an interview with another driver. And he waited and then he started his car up right as I was starting my interview. And I have to admit, I thought I had lost all control of my bodily functions. Okay, I really did. I looked down expecting to see the worst. Okay, that's how scared. It's the most that those three to five seconds is the most frightened I've ever been still to this day in my life. And I thought I had just made a mess. 
And I have to figure out a way to go to one of these races. Because I've not, as a little kid, I went to an Indy race in Michigan and there was a stock car race before it. But I mean, I was, I remember going, I don't remember much of the race. And, and so I I set my brother-in-law up and which kind of got him in a situation. I'm like, ah, he got in the car, he's going to start it. And my brother-in-law had his back to the situation. I'm like, here it comes, here it comes. Okay. And sure enough, he started up that car and Jay like jumped six inches off the ground. I'm like, ah, welcome to racing, buddy. Now you're here. It'll be a lot louder on Sunday. So believe it or not, my answer is Indy of our poll question. All right. The Derby, Daytona or Indy. If you could have tickets to one of the three big races in our country. All right. I've got a thing for Indy. I don't know if it's misplaced or what, but I really want to go. Then we need to make that happen. And I was set a couple the year of the pandemic. I had tickets. I have a friend who's a who goes every year, and he's like, "I got your tickets. Two tickets, turn four. We were going to go in the race. Oh, that sucks. Didn't happen. Yeah. And I know some people are like, you know, like we have a friend, longtime producer of the show, John, and he's like, oh, "I'll only do a suite. No, no, no. I, I want to. I'm with John. I'd, I'd much <laughs> prefer a suite. <laughs> you guys in your air conditioning. Now, nah, man, I want to feel it." I, w- I want to feel it. Well, the fun I thing is with these options, the three options, I mean, the, the vibe is different with the three of them. Oh, they're completely different. Very. You know, so it, it, it some of that factors in probably for some of these people. I'd rather go to the Derby because I just think that would be, you know, Mark, I like the bourbon trail. I like that part of the country. It's fun. I like the, the style, the hats. I love the gambling. I feel like everyone has some connection to their uncle or their father or grandfather when it comes to the Kentucky Derby. Or horse racing in general. I think the so same can be said with Indy 500 because the histories are Daytona, Great American Race. I get all that. It's not my favorite NASCAR race. It's not. The, I mean, I think there are other places. I don't know if I'd rather go to Talladega or Daytona. You know, I mean, I, as far as the super speedways. But I think I'd rather go to Bristol if I were to pick one NASCAR track to go to and see a race. Oh, uh, look at you! Saturday night race in August. At Bristol, that would be cool. That, that's just demolition derby right there. That's that's, you know, I joked about calling a college hoops game last night, which the officials decided they were going to let it become the Heat and the Knicks in the late nineties. That's what I feel like the Saturday night race at Bristol is, in which they go, you know, most races we try not to, you know, get into the fellow drivers. Tonight it's just bumper cars. We're at the amusement park. What do you say? Let's go. I love it. So I'm fired up for Daytona this weekend. Hope the uh, hope the weather cooperates. Hope the weather cooperates. I think there's a chance of, um, I know in Jacksonville, they're calling for a decent chance of rain on Sunday. Yep. Saturday is supposed to be a terrible weather day. But uh, still, uh, the weather can hold over. Now, Jacksonville is about 90 miles to the north of Daytona, and the weather can be very different. But, you know, hope the weather holds off. You know, because that's another pet peeve of mine, Trent, is one year Michael Waltrip, when uh, he won Daytona, it was the Daytona 272, because that's how many miles they raced. See, to me, if this is your Super Bowl, they don't call it, six minutes into the third quarter. 
you, you play the sucker to the end. So is do you put an asterisk by the Dodgers' most recent World Series? No, and... no, 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 because the World Series was a best of seven. Gotcha. They didn't shorten the games to five innings. But my feeling is, literally, if there's one race that you're going to, you know, you want to shorten the Ford 400 in Detroit, okay, or just outside of Detroit because rain comes and they can only get in 313 miles, that's fine. No, this is the Daytona 500, and I don't care if you got to stay there till Wednesday. You're running this race. And much like the San Francisco 49ers, the Daytona racers don't know what the rules are going into the race if it's going to be 500 miles or less. That's a good one, Mark. Twist the knife a little bit on Mr. Steve Wilkes. I have to admit, I, I think this is a little overblown. Do you think that there's a single player who behaved differently? You know? No. But. Okay. One team spent time explaining the rules to their players. Another team didn't. I think it's laughable that guys would not know the rules of a game. Time now for our Molly made play of the day. Trent, what do you have? Anytime Miller and Moulton open the show with college hoops, it's a BFD, as you guys like to say. And on back-to-back days, college hoops has saved us in our gambling picks. Our only winner last night came in my favorite city in America, Detroit. And you know it wasn't a certain other basketball team that plays in the city. Detroit Mercy was 0-26 going into last night. They welcome in IUPUI or Uwe Pooey and uh, – here is the horrendous final seconds of that broadcast that Mark loved so much. Team without a win in the nation. Marcus Tankersley dribbles it out. And that one is for you, 24. 81 to 66. The old high school gym buzzer. All that good stuff. Awful call, awful broadcast, awful basketball. But Miller and Moulton won last night. And there's your play of the day. 774-5839. That's 239-774-5839 for Molly Made. Give your spouse the gift of a clean house. I like picking up on the buzzer sound. That, that really did. <laughs> that did sound like my high school gym. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it looked like, like one, too, if you were it, watching. It, it looked like a high It's a great, great call, Trent, because I watched 10 minutes of that game last night, and it looked like a high school gym. It was shot like it was a high school game. Oh, Bleachers. That's our Molly Made play of the day. Thanks for listening right here. Miller and Moulton. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 22 minutes before the hour. Thanks so much for being with us. Bob Pockrass live from Daytona. The 500 is Sunday. The front row was set last night. The rest of the field gets filled out tonight. Hope the weather holds off on Sunday. Bob Pockrass of Fox. NASCAR, Daytona 500. Get ready. Football's over. Suck it up and deal. That's angry. That's it. That. That's that tough love the, right there. That was. That's the, the old uh, Westwood One voice. Ritz Munchables, eat it or we'll kill you. You know, I mean, that's how his voice sounded. Yeah, no, I I got you. I just uh, mm-hmm. suck it up and deal, huh? Suck it up and deal. That's the best I could come up got with. Got a month before free agency starts? 
I know. Seven March weeks 13th. for the draft. Look at you. Uh, 29 weeks today, by the way, the NFL season opener. I didn't give you the number of days. I just gave you the weeks, 29. So there, you know, I'll wait a week. I'll say, hey, 28. The countdown is on. So that's all. Um, did you hear the news that, um, so apparently some teams actually called the Lakers and were like trying to seriously acquire LeBron? And specifically Golden State. Well, and that's after Philly, apparently. Like, Philly called and was serious. And so the Lakers said, well, okay, we'll do it for Embiid. Reportedly, that's what they said, because th- th- that was their way of getting Daryl Morey off the phone. I mean, that that's how much we're like, please stop calling us about this. Okay, oh, no, you want to get serious? I'll get serious. How about for Embiid? Okay, have a nice day. And Golden State didn't even, I mean, they went a little more direct. They went owner to owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, owner well, to agent. Well, didn't, you know, didn't even bother to have a GM make a call and waste any time. Well, I mean, let's face it. You know, if you're going to try to acquire LeBron, you probably should just go right over Rob Polinka's head. Correct. You, know, you might as well call Jeannie Buss. I mean, I think her husband, Jay Moore, would have more say than Rob Polinka to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I just, I'd go right to the top there. Um, If I could be serious about this for a second, I think this would be a big mistake for LeBron. I would, because now the story is him and Steph have been talking and LeBron can opt out of his contract and be a free agent and sign wherever he wants after this year. Okay. And, you know, LeBron obviously would like to win one more uh, before he retires. And if he thinks he's got a better chance of doing it in Golden State than with the Lakers, okay. Whatever. I mean, the thought is he's just killing time until his son will get drafted somewhere and that LeBron can play with his son. That would fulfill a a lifetime dream or at least a dream of the last 18 years that LeBron has had to play in the NBA with his son, Bronny. LeBron's going to play in the G League? (laughs) (laughs) um listen that's a lot of pressure i mean here's the good news you have to waste a first round pick on a kid who's not worthy of it but you get a year of lebron with the pick do you select Bronny? because in the second round it's easy i mean obviously you spent a second rounder on him but i'm talking about if you have got you know like a late lottery pick would you spend it on Bronny? No. I would, 100%. For a year, I mean, maybe two, but you can only count on one year of LeBron. No. You do get a year of LeBron. I got you. Okay. So, but here's why. if if And we interviewed LeBron the one time, okay? If we could go back in time and say, hey, listen, um, this idea about playing with Steph and the Warriors, can I just ask you a question? PR-wise, how has that worked for Kevin Durant? How, but, how did that work out But for him? when Kevin Durant came there, they were champions. Clay was on top of his game. Draymond was on top of his game. I mean, Steph's still the best shooter on the planet, so I can't say he's – but Steph's not even the same player as he was when Durant joined that team. 
And the biggest True. part of that, the elephant in the room for me at least, was that the Warriors had just beaten the Thunder in the playoffs after the Thunder blew a 3-1 lead to them. In the conference finals. That is terrible. Right. So then to yes. then go join that team, I mean, that's the cherry on top right. of all. Oh, no. And, and believe me, PR-wise, it has not worked out well for Durant, who's still looking for a title elsewhere. And there are a lot of people that basically don't give him credit for those two titles, even though he was finals MVP in both years and was the best player. On the and team. the best player on the team for those two years, too. Right. But since they had won it without him, basically, it's like, ah, you just made it easier. Before and after. Now, let me ask you this right now. Who's the better player, LeBron or Steph? Right now, today? Yeah, today. LeBron. LeBron's 39, Steph's 35? LeBron. It's close, but I'd go LeBron. That that first off, you know, hey, are you sure? And I understand you're getting up there in age, but you've never been the second best player on a team before. Now, he was in a situation where somebody else was the guy, if you know what. Like, when he went to the Heat, that was D-Wade's team. You know, if he were to go to the Warriors, that's Steph's team. LeBron is still such a great passer that I think it would be fun to watch the two of them play together. I've always thought, any seriously, any two players in NBA history that would work better together. I don't know if there's a duo that would work better together than LeBron and Steph. Defensively, they'd be awful if that matters anymore. And I don't know that it does because it may be a league now in which basically you just put a, a roster together that can get to 130 the fastest. Now, I don't know if that'll stay the same in the playoffs or not. Like last year in the finals, it didn't. The Heat Nuggets, you know, finals was a slugfest. But I credit the Heat for that. But, you know, right now, that's what everybody's putting together. They're putting together lineups, you know, can we put three guys together who combined can average 80 points? That seems to be the way we think we can win a championship. But I don't know. I would say to him, you know, go, can you find a place that's your swan song where they've never had a parade or they haven't had one in a really long time? That's all. So and that, I, I just, I get it. You know, the allure of playing with Steph, I'm sure it'd be amazing. Well, and the other thing that keeps talking about is Philly. I mean, that, you know, that he could opt out and play in Philly next year. We could play anywhere. But I mean, those are the, te you know, Philly's been talked about. I know we could play well, anywhere. What a fit, by the way. What a fit he'd be in Philly. Wow. What a fit he would be. And the good thing about LeBron is, is that, you know, outside of very rare instances, LeBron plays. And LeBron, you know, outside of like two instances in a 20-year career, LeBron's been healthy late in the year. LeBron can play in the playoffs. And Bede you cannot count on to play all the time in the playoffs. And so if Embiid's got to miss a game or two in a playoff series, now all of a sudden you got LeBron with Maxi to help get you through those games? Oh, Mark. And they haven't won a title since 83. Oh, no. He... <laughs> but I don't... I still don't think he... You know, I, I, this is all fun, but I don't know if... As long as Bronny's at USC, I don't see LeBron not being anything but a Laker. 
I think that's important to him. I think the fact that, and I mean, with well, the health scare. So maybe that's a little bit of why Golden State came into the mix and that was in the back of his mind because while that's not L.A., it's still, you're at least in the same state. You're eight hours away. Yeah, it's not like it's close, but it's better than being on the East Coast, if you know what I'm saying. I get it. So maybe. Then again, with the transfer portal, maybe it's a package deal. Temple, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Ronnie James, number six for the Owls. Well, listen, with the way things are going for Andy Enfield's team this year, I don't think he'd mind if any of them transferred. Man, what a rough year he's had. He's had a lot of them. No, not really. Not really. He had two tough ones to start. They had like eight good ones in a row. But this has been a disaster. They were preseason top 15. They're last in the Pac-12. This is an unmitigated disaster. And it's not going to get any easier for him because he's going to the Big Ten next year where they actually they play basketball too. Um. <laughs> uh... This is going to be so weird. Stanford, Cal, and SMU in the ACC, the four West Coast teams of the Big Ten. SEC's just laughing. They're like, ah, well, you know, over time we added Missouri, A&M, Oklahoma, Texas. That's that's not bad at all. Look at you guys. You guys look foolish. Going to have the Arizona schools and Utah and Colorado in the Big Twelve. Yeah, the Big Big Twelve. That doesn't look so bad. That doesn't look nearly as bad as USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. I mean, Oregon and Washington. Come on. I know. I know. Golly. I will say, though, it's three road trips a year, probably. If you think about conference play, what are they going to play? Like an 18 game? Okay, that's nine and nine. So you play four two-game road trips and then a one-gamer. So, like, if you're USC, your one-gamer will be your crosstown rival, UCLA, and then you'll do an Oregon-Washington road trip every year. You basically being in the Big Ten. You have three road trips. Now, they're road trips. You know, closest place is Nebraska. But, I mean, if you look at it that way, it sounds awful. But it's three bad road trips over two months. David, you can justify it in men's basketball. You can. What about those women's uh-huh. volleyball games? I'm totally with you. Totally with you. This, I think, when Petiti and Sankey are meeting and they're talking, Mark, they need to, you know, I mean, are we going to talk about anything other than football? I, I, I'm wondering, is it going to come up or do they not care? They don't care. They don't care. How much more money can we squeeze out of our network TV deals? And how can we pay less in NIL? That's what they care about. Bingo. If they they want to pay their players less, they need to make them employees. I I mean, that's the only way to do it. To think that a quarterback who's making between one and two million annually on the open market in the transfer world, you think that price is going to go down? The only way it's going to go down is if you cap it. The only way to cap it is to make them employees. Does anybody have an idea as to how to cap the spending of a quarterback in the transfer portal besides making them an employee? I'd love to hear it. I mean, they did it for 90 years, but the cat's out of the bag now. I don't know how you control salaries. And let's face it, that's what it is, salaries. 
unless you make them employees and you come up with a salary cap. A college football salary cap. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm just, I just said it out loud because I want people to digest that because, or you keep doing what you're doing now. I guess you could do the baseball method. They're employees. There's no cap. You have spending differences. We all know what they are. Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, you name it. Okay. And then you got the Marlins and the Rays and the Royals and what have you. And so, and in theory, you know, you, the Sun Belt and the, some of the other Big 12 and what have you teams can be the Rays and the Marlins. And then we all know who will be the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Mets. Doesn't guarantee winning, but it really helps. And they're both playing the same sport, and there isn't a cap. But they're employees. Because name, image, and likeness is not name, image, and likeness. It's pay to play. Right. It is. For every Caitlin Clark who's actually getting ads and doing real NIL work, the majority of them are getting a check to show up. Come to the school. Here's what we'll pay you. And Nick could get kids for less. Why? Because he was Nick, and it was Alabama. And that's what's going to hurt Kalen DeBoer. He ain't going to get the Knicks discount. Players are going to walk through and go, yeah, Nick put all those guys in the pros. I don't know that you're going to put me in the pros. I have a track record of how he uses guys and how he doesn't wear out running backs and this, that, and the other thing. Okay? I have no idea how you're going to run this program. So I'm just curious if the other sports, Mark, you think come up in the conversation between Sankey and Petiti at all? Not in the first meeting, if you know what I mean. How do we control NIL? How do we get more out of the networks? And do we have to split away? Those are the questions that they're talking about. They're not talking about women's college basketball. They're certainly not talking about women's volleyball. Those don't matter. Miller and Moulton, thanks for listening.